0: Hello and welcome to the Sock Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sock Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sock Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Larry Ibarra. And Larry, can you just give us a quick
1: intro? Thank you for joining us today and tell us who are you, who do you love? Well, as you as you said my name's Larry Ivara. I um, I was born and raised here in Sterling. Uh, other than the time that I was I spent time in college, I, I spent all my life here. I came back to Sterling after I graduated from from Quincy University, uh, which at that particular time was called Quincy College. Now it was Quincy University. Hmm. Um, but I came out with a teaching degree. I originally went to college originally thinking about maybe becoming an attorney. Well, That kind of, that thought subsided a little bit around my sophomore year, then I went into uh, possibly going into physical therapy. So I took some of the prerequisite courses in in history that was needed for the attorney part of it, and I took sciences, uh, anatomy, physiology, kinesiology, and that's uh, for the physical therapy part of it. Hmm. Well, as it turns out, around my junior, the second semester of my junior year, I decided to become a coach. I wanted to help kids develop their skills and whatever. And so I became a teacher. I had enough credits to become a, um, a physical education teacher. Okay. Uh, I had enough credits to become a history teacher. And so, uh, that, so that's what that's where how, I came
0: out. How cool! How those things, those uh, two unfinished paths, merge to become this new focus. Yeah,
1: you know, it, it's amazing that you know, and I'm sure a lot of kids go through this when they first enter college. They have an idea of what they want to do, but they end up coming out completely different than what they had going in. That's very much my
0: story. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think I, I became very close friends with my academic advisor because of how often I was in there changing majors. <laughs> so you, you became a, uh, a school teacher and a coach. Where where were your passions? Did you find yourself loving teaching history, or was it more about a means an end to the athletic coaching?
1: Well, I was a uh, student athlete in college. Mm. I was a baseball player. And so my passion had always been uh, baseball playing baseball. Although I played a lot of the other sports, football, basketball, I ran track and everything in high school. Uh, But baseball was my love. And I I enjoy that. So when I came out as a teacher thinking that I would love to to try to go take these kids to a level which they have never been taken before Mm. and hopefully be able to do something with their skills in baseball. Yeah. So where did
0: you first uh, where was your first te- teaching position and coaching position? Where was that? Uh,
1: my first one was with my alma mater, Newman High School. Okay, here in town. Here in town, that is correct.
0: Wow. What did that feel like coming back to uh, be a part of that next generation?
1: It, it's, it was kind of gratifying because, you know, you know the area and you know some of the kids from, from uh, possibly the parents that you come across while you were going to school and so you got the, you got the feeling that it was kind of more of coming back to family mm. for me.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, so what year did you start that? How, how long did that go for?
1: Uh, I started coaching there in 1977. Mm. Uh, and I coached until uh, 1982. And again, my memory is kind of, you know, I you kind of forget things as you go along. Yes, got so many other things that, that in your life that you that you deal with. But I think it was 1982 is when I when I stopped coaching at Newman, and uh, there was a, a about a four or five year dry period. And then they asked me to come back to coach, and I coached at Newman again as a, as a head coach uh, from 1985 to um, 2006. Wow. And then uh, I left coaching. I, I, I thought I was retiring from coaching, but uh, they asked me to come back again three years ago to be an assistant coach at the school for, in baseball. And I was more than happy to do that because I've always, you know, I missed it. I yeah. miss being around the kids. and I miss being on the field. I miss smelling the baseball. I miss smelling the, the glove yeah. and the bat. And, but anyway, uh, so I did, and, and I've been with, uh, with the coaching staff. Uh, since then so how cool and how
0: how neat to see kind of the, the different touch points of, of staying connected to athletics and the sport that you loved but also at your alma mater correct yeah talk to me a little bit about there's, there's some gaps in that story yeah. from leaving coaching uh, or maybe in the interim uh, what then led you to that next career that kind of filled up most of your time after that
1: well, it mostly was my business. Um, by that time, um, by time that 1982 came around, and I, I left coaching for a little bit. Um, I was I was inundated with uh, trying to bring the, having the idea of trying to get my business going. Um, I was self-employed. I still am self-employed, but back then I was with uh, the Northwestern Mutual. And I started with Northwestern Mutual in 1975 while mm. I was still a school teacher. I mm. was doing that on a part-time basis. Um, so as it turns out, um, I became a full-time agent with Northwestern in mm. 1976, I believe, or 77. And so uh, I, was, I was doing it full-time, trying to make a good living, trying to make sure that I, I'd be able to take care of my clients. And so um, during the time that I wasn't coaching, that was a time that I really worked hard at trying to develop my my business.
0: Yeah. And so then you went into that uh, working with your clients, particularly around insurance. Correct. Yeah. And working with uh, the corporate clients and stuff. And we were talking before this of how uh, since that has transitioned from to just now a private business, what led you into the insurance world from a place of thinking that you might be a attorney or a physical therapist to then a high school teacher and coach, where did the interest in the world of insurance come from?
1: Well, what happened was in, um, 1975, um, I, uh, my wife and I at the time, we, we talked about, you know, uh, the teaching profession is, was a good profession and I, I enjoyed it, what I was doing. And so, but the income level was not that great at that particular time. Uh, I believe I can still remember that my first paycheck was around $774 a month and you got paid once a month. So you had to make that stretch for a while. Yep. Um, I, I, we Teachers knew. have uh, not been very well compensated for a long time, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so what happened was I we discussed it and I said, you know what? I want to go into, into business for myself somehow. So I, I, um, I looked into different occupations, different professions that I maybe want to try to go into, and it came out that the insurance company will be a good fit. Mm. Um, I will still be able to use my teaching skills to be able to teach people how to Work their finances, how to how to um, make sure that their loved ones are taken care of at the time of death.
0: Yeah, so
1: I said, what better way to do that than than with the insurance? So that's what brought me into the insurance company. Um, I was, in, it was kind of funny because I was making more money part time in the insurance business than I was full t- full time in the in, in the teaching sure. profession. So. And We made the decision in 1977 to go for it full time.
0: Yeah, and so even during that time, you were still you were working in the business full time and also teaching at the same time. Is that correct?
1: Well, actually, burning the midnight oil, or yeah, when I it was in it was I was teaching at uh, I left Newman High School in 1975. And I went to Unit 5 and I taught there for a couple of years. Hmm. Um, what happened was uh, I, when I was in, in Unit 5, I was I was my main their main objective is to have me coach or teach and coach over there at Jordan School. Okay, okay? Yeah. Um, and, and so I did. Uh, after, uh, after a while, I just that's when I decided after, uh, in 1977, I asked the, the school district to give me a leave of absence. Um, when I before I did that, though, my thoughts were to go back to school. So I I looked at the University of Illinois Circle Campus in in Chicago, because they had I asked them about what their physical therapy. Um, what was needed in my with my with my record, my education record? What was needed to get into the physical therapy department? And they told me at that particular time, and I I think it was inverted anatomy that I need to take. Mm. And so I asked the school for the for the leave of absence, and they they uh, they didn't grant it to me. And so um, mm. and not that particular time. Then finally around. The early part of seventy eight, they they did, but they did they gave me the leave of absence. Well, I decided to I was I was doing the nurse the insurance business and I was doing uh, the teaching profession at the same time. And, and yes, I was burning the midnight oil. Yeah. The but then when I was ready to go into a full time, I asked for the leave of absence again, and they granted me that, and so I was able to take it full time. Thinking that, you know, I had a cushion. If it, if it didn't work out, I can always go back to teaching. Right. But it did.
0: And so that gave you a little bit of a runway yes, to give this business a go. And then it, it took off and it became a way to support your family and mm-hmm. your kids and your wife. And so um, then you, you've you stayed in that world, the insurance world now yeah. for four decades Is that correct? Well, 75, that will be uh, 45, 48 years. Yeah, coming up on five decades. Um, What's interesting to me is that even while you have uh, grown in your wisdom in in that uh, field, and and I'm sure um, uh, a respected member of the field, especially in this area, you never let go of your love for baseball, for your love for coaching, um, why did that stay important to you to go back to coaching at different seasons as well
1: well one of the things that that uh, if you if you've ever if you've ever been a coach you feel the gratification of, of watching a, a ball player in this case a baseball player that goes from uh, from not knowing a great deal about the game and having a, uh, not having the proper skill level to play the game properly to the point where they develop in such a way that they're able to perform that, like they've never done before. Like they've been playing baseball for their whole life. Mm. And, and believe me, I, when, I've had, when I've gone through all the ballplayers that have come through my system, uh, when they became when they came in as freshmen, uh, a lot of them were, were not taught properly through the through the early years of their lives and, and playing baseball. They were never taught the fundamentals of the game mm. or if they were taught it, it was it was kind of a little distorted because, you know, they were taught by parents and God bless the parents because they were out there with those kids helping them out and so forth. When they, came, when they came to me, they still lack a lot of stuff. And so I decided that, you know what, I will, I'm going to teach these kids how to play the game, do what's necessary, work with their fielding, work with their hitting, work with their base running. So that they can be they can be happy that they had experience of baseball or playing baseball throughout their high school years. Mm. Whether they go professional, whether they go to to college, you know that's strict that's out of my control because that's up to the people that actually make those decisions. But I want to get them to the point where they can feel good about themselves. What is it about? Because um, what I'm hearing is. Uh,
0: Yes, you have a love for baseball and you have a, a respect for the game of wanting to to be done well and wanting it to be done right. But it almost sounds like uh, baseball is a means to an end to focus on uh, personal development with young people. Would you say that that's correct? That's, I will
1: say that's correct.
0: Yeah. And so for you, uh, the coaching, the base hitting, the base running, you know, all that kind of stuff is more about, well, this gives gives me an opportunity to help uh, form these young people into more disciplined versions of themselves, uh, more uh, collaborative versions of themselves, playing with a team. Where did that passion come from to help uh, young people grow and mature?
1: When I was growing up um, in my early years, we didn't have a place to play baseball, but we created one in a church field. Mm. Um, and that's where we that's where we kind of got together every day, unless unless the weather was bad, we would pick up a game, whether it be um, through four against four or whatever. We, pitcher's hand is what we used to call it back then. Um, but we would play baseball. We were never taught the proper way to swing a bat, for example. Mm. We were never taught. Um, how to f- throw the ball properly from an outfielder's position or from an infielder's position um so thinking about myself when I was growing up, I didn't have this now i do, i think i don't ha- didn't have the skill to really play the game as well as i I wanted to, but as it turned out, it was well enough that um there was times where I really shined in the in a baseball field in the middle league, yeah, so. And from that point on, I said to myself, you know, I, I didn't have the opportunity to, to be trained by good quality coaches at that particular time. I'll go. In 1965, in the summer of 65, I was approached when I was playing junior league and, and we were playing the JV team of Newman High School at the time, I was approached by a, by a, a person saying, you know... Uh, he, he, he used to call me Leroy because that's where he caught that name Leroy because people were calling me that name, but it's actually Larry. Yeah. Um, But anyway, he said, you know what, you're good enough that I want, I want to know if you would be interested in going to Kansas city and be part of the Kansas city development program, Kansas city Royals. Yeah. And what they did was they, as I understood at that particular time, you would be actually uh, housed in, in their facility um, you would go to school, but you would train baseball, and that's what you would do.
0: Wow! And
1: so they were trying to develop ball players in that type of system, and they asked me if I would want to be a part of it. But then again, I said, you know, I was 15 years old at the time. I said I would have to leave all my friends. I would have, I would not have been able to play any other sports other than baseball because I would miss all that if I if I left. And so I decided not to do that. Mm. Um but anyway,
0: do you ever think about what could have been?
1: Yeah, I I do. Um it's all natural. You know, it's natural when a young a young kid wanting to be a professional ball player, you know, that type of thing. It's 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 embedded in your back of your brain. Oh, absolutely. That,
0: there's a there's a, a certain shine and luster to that yeah. type of dream. Yeah. I had uh,
1: that but I had to reject another offer um when I was I was playing for the Rock Falls Legion team, and the Seattle Pilots had a tryout at, at the Clinton Stadium, mm. okay? And so they invited me over, so I did. Um, I did fairly well, I thought. Uh, I, get, I had committed, shortly after that, I committed to go to Quincy College to play baseball, December of that year, December of 1969, because I graduated from high school in 69, um, in 1969, I get a call from Bill Clark. Now, Bill Clark was a scouting, regional scouting uh, personal, personnel, pers- I guess it's personnel, yeah. from the Seattle Pilots. Hmm. Uh, he offered me to go to Florissant Valley junior college and play ball because a coach wanted a good ball player. And, and so he recommended I go there. Mm. Now I, again, I was just a freshman. I just got done with my first semester of freshman year at yeah. Quincy and I was committed to playing baseball at Quincy. So I had to reject that. Yeah. 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 Well, something could have happened as well during those yeah. two years in junior college. And, but,
0: but then also, I mean, on the flip side of that coin, All of the beautiful parts of the story that you just got done telling us about being able to come back to Newman, being able to coach here in this area, being involved in
1: this community.
0: Those things might not have happened as well.
1: And I would not have met my wife. I met her and Quincy. Yep. And so, yeah. And of course, my beautiful kids, I would not have had those. You know, know, I try not to think about that. um, But. Sure, sure. It's natural still. Yeah. But that passion for.
0: Athletics and for uh, furthering the love of uh, physical competition stuff hasn't left you because I mean now for the last couple of years, as I understand, you've been working to try and get some momentum around bringing a sports complex, uh, a new sports complex here to the Stock Valley area. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Where, where did this passion come from? Uh, why is this a need in this area?
1: Well, you know, I was um, all through my life, I was involved in sports. Um, back in 19, excuse me, back in 2000, I believe it was 2006. Uh, I live in the in, uh, uh, north of town in the subdivision. And I remember in reading in the paper that they were thinking about closing the fire station right there on 16th Avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay. At that particular time, there wasn't enough money coming into the city to help support it. So that I said to myself, you know, what can I do to help the city gain enough revenue to to keep that station open? Um, it was about a year and a half later, uh, maybe two, but let's say a year and a half. Um, I happened to go to a um, baseball tournament in in Illinois. I'm just trying to think of the city's name. It had a it had a complex. Uh, it's between it's between um, uh, on 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 Route 92 on, on Interstate 92, going towards going actually south, I'm trying to think of the name of the town. But anyway, uh, they had a sports complex there where they had baseball games going on. They had softball games going on, and I looked at the people that were there, and oh my goodness, there were all kinds of people, no. um, and all the money that was flowing into that particular complex. I said, what a way to try to bring monies into the community if I was to put together a complex like that. Yeah. And so, you know, the tax revenue that the city would be able to accumulate and have, it would be, it would be unreal, to be honest with you. I don't think you can actually put a pencil to it. But anyway, um, so I decided that, and I, I talked with my wife, Marty, and we decided, it was just not me, it was my wife as well. Uh, we decided that you know maybe this is something that we probably should should at least look into and, and see what we can do with it, and so we did. And in 2007, when we first started it, um, we start putting together all kinds of information. We went to uh, Pekin; they had a they had an air dome over there. We went to Chicago. Uh, we went to. Um, we went to Wisconsin to Madison.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: went to different places to see what was going on in their sports complex. And what they did was they had an air dome, they had softball fields, they had baseball fields as well, so they can hold tournaments in baseball and in, in softball and basically their little league softball baseball. Uh, and uh, so I said, to my and of course they had concession stand. I mean it was very well organized. And I said that's what we need. Mm. And so we put together all the information. We talked to different people. We called different. We called different people. We called the uh, uh, National Softball Association at the time. We called the U.S. Softball Association, which is now the N NS, the N-S-S-S-S-A Softball Organization, and. And we, I, and they said, yeah, they like to see, a, they like to come over to our area. They always wanted to be in our area, yeah. to to have tournaments for us. And uh, I said, well, we're trying to put that. What together. has what has kept that from being
0: a possibility? Because I mean, there are ball fields in this area. Is it just that there's not enough in one area? There's like, you know, I know that there's uh, one spot down in Rock Falls that has three or four fields all next to each other. Is that just not enough
1: to host a tournament? Well, it all depends. What they like to see is I understand that what they like to see is everything, everything's being condensed in one area. Hmm. Okay, so a team could uh, a game could be be played on one field and maybe the team could go ahead and move to another field to play a game there and so forth. Um, As you can see, with all these sports complexes, that's the way they're designed and there's a purpose for it. Uh, they don't have people going all over the city and yeah. trying to get you know go to their fields and you know and that type of thing. They all have it there. Yeah, and that's that's the, probably the best way to do it because it's everything's under control. You got you can you can go ahead and have uh, all the functions that you have in the in the complex to be going on at the same time and not have to worry about going from here to there and everywhere else. Yeah, so so this dream
0: started you know 15 or so odd years ago. What what has been uh, what has been the reason why uh, you've you've stuck with it? You know, because obviously there's probably some hiccups or some uh, roadblocks that meant that it couldn't happen back in oh seven oh eight, but this this you haven't let go of it yet, and and it's still a passion of yours. So so why why now? You know, in the twenty twenties in the Sock Valley area, is this still a need of of a desire?
1: When when I um, um I was at a meeting um actually it actually was a more more of a uh, potluck supper and I was approached this was in February of this year now you got to remember I didn't do anything with this with with the complex or thought of doing anything with a complex from 19 or for excuse me from 2000 and I believe it was 2012 uh, but I prayed that I would I would be able to do it someday.
0: Yeah.
1: And I would go buy the land that I wanted to get a hold of, and I go by there, and I would envision the complex. In fact, I tell my wife, I go, I like to go to the land and watch the construction. In well, your mind. In my yeah. mind. Wow. In my mind. And it, and then when I did that, I I came out with these ideas in my head of what I could do with it and mm. how I would I would want mm. it to do. And so. Um, I I didn't do anything with it until I got approached again, and then it it just got me going. This is always something I've been wanting to do, and maybe it's this is the time to do it. Mm. You know, we always say that God works in mysterious ways, but He also works at His own time. Hmm. So.
0: Yeah, and and when His timing doesn't line up with our own. Correct. Uh, it, my prayer then changes okay well then give me patience please because (laughs) (laughs) i want it now or yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah. so so um where what what are next steps for this dream of a sports complex
1: what we have to go according to the uh, what the city needs to have done and what we have to do to accommodate the city um when we first when i again when i Finally, got the the idea back in my head again. Um, the land I had to look and actually, who, where does that land sit? Does the land sit in a city or is it in a county? As it turns out, I found out it was still in a county, mm-hmm. uh, but there were some there were some restrictions on it. For some reason, in 2000, roughly about 2015, as I was told that that land. Ordinance was changed so that there's not to be a sports complex or any type of activity, sports activity where tickets are being sold within a quarter mile of residential. Hmm. And I said, "Oh my God, that's going to kill everything." Yeah. Now I asked the people, those that were with the um, with the ordinance or with with the zoning in, in Whiteside County, and I asked them. How can we can we do anything to change that? And they told me that it's going to be very difficult to do. Mm, mm. You can petition to try to get a change, but that doesn't mean it's going to get changed. And it also, it's going to be still an uphill battle to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, if they do change it, then there's going to be some restrictions. You have to you have to probably put some barriers up, up to keep the noise mm-hmm. contained a little bit. So. I said to myself, well, you know, I can't do that. I mean, there's just too much to do. So I asked, uh, I asked the people again, is there anything else that can be done? And they said, well, the city can annex it. And then it'll be up to the city to decide, not the county. Mm. And so I went to the city, and uh, they are willing to look into annexing, annexing the, uh, the land, so I have to go through steps. Yeah. I have to go through the planning committee, commission is what it's called. From there I have to convince them that this is the proper thing to do for the city at this point at this point in time. Yep. Um, once I get th- through that, I have to go through the city council and I have to do the same thing with with the aldermans and the mayors and so forth. Um, so I still have some work to do mm-hmm. but I've been through that before so I have at least I have an idea of what to expect right so
0: and then after that it's the then, fundraising and the trying to find the right type of uh, people to to sponsor this vision and make it become a reality
1: but in be- before that before maybe to do that I w- um, I had to put together a business plan now I had one originally but it was kind of. Hodgepodge, sure. okay. It was the best I could do because what I, <laughs> I'm not that great in stuff like that. But um, I had to do another business plan. Well, again, I had the experience from the old one, and now what? And, and I knew what not to do. And so I worked at this, and it took me from February, actually from uh, March, from March of this year uh, until July. The, the latter part of July that I got, I finally got it finished, and I send it to the people that will actually look at, look at it, make sure the eyes are, tot- are dotted right, make sure the Ts are crossed right, to make sure everything's done properly.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll be wait, I'll be meeting with the, with those people again on the end of the month. Okay. Wow. Once I get that done, then I can show it to the investors. It, once I get it through the city council.
0: Yeah. Wow, so it truly really is kind of at the brink of some possibility moving forward with stuff, which is yeah, really exciting.
1: It's, it's moving, so
0: yeah. So I, I'm hearing I'm hearing this story, and the word that comes to my mind is tenacity. That uh, what sounds like something that has uh, maybe died for a season or or gone. undeveloped for a season, now is having a resurgence. I'm noticing that same trend in kind of your own story of going, well, I think I'll be an attorney, but then not. And I think i will be this, but then not. But then finding a new confluence for that future. And so I'm, I'm wondering if you could speak, giving some of your wisdom as a business person, doing some of these things, if you could speak to someone who's just starting out in business or someone who's just starting out as an entrepreneur and they have some big dream and vision, What is your advice for pursuing big dreams, big visions? Because like you said, this whole process and idea, um, it's an idea that you've had, but it's bigger than you on your own can actually accomplish. (laughs) And so some people would view that and they would discount themselves to even get started because they can't finish it themselves. So what advice do you have for, for still pursuing big vision, but then also... Sticking with it and being being tenacious and having persistence when there's roadblocks or failure.
1: I think probably one of the things to do is is what did you what do you want, a person wants to accomplish uh, five years or ten years down the road, hmm. um, and then take it from there. When you have when you're th- when you have an idea in your in your mind, it doesn't matter whether it's a small or whether it's a huge one. Now, th- the project that I'm working on is around $20, $25 million 25000000 dollars. Now that's a that's a huge project. Yes. Okay, but if you're a person that's starting out in business, you want to make sure that th- it's the proper business you want to be in. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that once you get going, that there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. You got to go forward. Everything that you everything that you uh, are striving for. You can never look back. You can always go forward, and you have to go forward, because there are roadblocks there. There are feelings of, oh my god, I've got to, I should quit this because I can't. It's too much for me, or that type of thing. No, you've got to go ahead and plug away, because you're going to get some disappointments, but sometimes those roadblocks builds character. Mm. And so because of that, that kind of gives you the little bit of the oomph to get beyond that roadblock and continue on. You become a better person hitting those roadblocks. Those roadblocks are there for a reason. Mm. And so you become a lot better at what you're doing and what your convictions are by going through those roadblocks. You want to accept those roadblocks. Mm. But don't give up. Don't worry about not thinking big. Think big, think as big as you want, but go after it. Mm. Now, in the process, you're going to come up because you, your ideas may be uh, may not be the same ideas as somebody else, but you're, they're your ideas, and you've got that you've got that idea in your head on ways to make it and ways of trying to make it come true, and so you know exactly what needs to be done. All you have to do is follow that dream.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, inspiring words. And I thank you. I think you know we just experienced a little bit of a master class on vision development and stuff, and and sticking through. And it's exciting too, particularly this story because we're getting to listen in in the middle of the process, right? right. You know, you're not talking about oh, when you did that thing 25 years ago. We're still in the middle of it, and so That's getting right. to hear your perspective as someone who is. Uh, the, the dream is not realized yet, and yet you still have the, the, the stamina to be pushing through and, and pursuing it.
1: And I think, that, you know what it is sometimes I, I take a look at it is, what is this going to do for the community if I accomplish it? Mm. Uh, well, first of all, we, I know that if I'm able to get this off the ground that, and bring the people that, that I know will come. Uh, because the softball associations, is, for example, they'll, they'll run the tournaments. And they told me that you have to expect anywhere between eight to 10,000 people on a, on a weekend for a tournament. Well, you got to have the hotels. Sterling Rock Falls has that. Yeah. So the hotels are going to benefit from it. People have to eat at the restaurants. Restaurants are going to benefit from that. Absolutely. People will have to spend money probably in the retail stores. Yeah. So everybody is going to benefit from benefit from this particular project. If I'm able to get it off the ground to the point where they have probably never seen this before and not in our area where people will actually, uh, flourish in their businesses themselves. Yeah. And that's what I want. Mm, mm. Yeah. So let's talk a little
0: bit about, I always like to end the conversations talking about the sock Valley, particularly around, you know, uh, from your perspective, as someone who's lived and worked here and is clearly loves this area and is invested in this area, continuing to invest in this area, what do you think is still missing or needed here in this area? What, where, is there, um, where is
1: there need for change? I'm, I, I'm not sure if it's, a, if it's a change that's needed. Um, I look at it as how can we enhance what we have? And by that, I mean, we've got we've got people here who probably are just as committed and they love this area as much as I do. But what they what I see is that all we have to or I, all I have to do is make sure that the benefits are there with the project I'm trying to get get going for the benefit of other people. Mm. And as long as other people benefit from it, it makes it worthwhile. Mm. So, um yeah, that's that's what I will say about it.
0: Yeah, and what about the other side of the coin? What do you, what gives you hope about this area? What gets you excited about uh, the Sauk Valley?
1: Well, I've always been excited about about the Sauk Valley here. I, like I said, I grew up in this in this area. Um, it's a great area to raise children. It's got great schools. Um, you know, they got so much going for us, or at least at least uh, in my opinion, uh, there there's so much that this town. This community, whether it be Dixon, Rock Falls, Sterling, Mowley, or Mowley, excuse me, I'm sorry, Morrison, yeah. Milliesville, and so forth. Uh, have, we have a lot to offer. Mm. All we need to do is to let people know and maybe bring some other stuff in that will entice them to come here. Mm. And I'm hoping that the Sports Complex will be one of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. So as we close, um, if someone wants to uh, get in touch with you, to either offer support or even just encouragement? Uh, how would you prefer people kind of reach out to you? Do they want, do you want them to just look you up online with your insurance business? Or is there a, a certain place where you're trying to collect support and momentum for this sports complex uh, project?
1: Well, they, there's there's a couple places where they can go into. Obviously, they can always give me a call on my cell phone. Um, and that's Eric code 815, obviously, 535-1231. They can always they can always email me as well and my email address is L as in Larry another L as in Larry Y as in yellow two zero two zero zero three at Yahoo okay okay so they can get a hold of me either way and and uh, and <laughs> they can come by and knock on my door sure. if they like to. So what, what, what is something
0: that would be helpful from people if they wanted to give support? Is it just a, a shot in the arm and say, keep going, Larry, you're doing good? Or are there ways that people could even get involved in trying to uh, encourage maybe city council to, uh, to accept this proposal and kind of move things through? What are ways that people could get involved to help out? You know, if they,
1: mm-hmm. if they know uh, their aldermans very well, uh, they can maybe talk to the aldermen and say, you know, this is a project that's, that is due to be—it certainly needs it and is due, um, so they can help convince the, the aldermen with, with that. Um, the other thing is, if you have uh, obviously any funds, <laughs> when, we, when it comes time to fundraising, uh, we're going to need as, as many contributors as we can. Um, we're, we don't know if we're going to do a 501c3, not-for-profit, or a, a for-profit and maybe uh, do some stock sure. into it. So.
0: Yeah, well, it's exciting to kind of hear about the stories um, on the ground floor, so to speak, as it's still in process of being built out and kind of see uh, the momentum that's happening in this area. And um, I, I definitely, I, I'm new to the area, but I will claim uh, the, the voice of the locals saying that this is exciting and that this is something that we're, we're rooting for. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us today, Larry. Well, thank you, Drew. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time on the Sock Valley spotlight, I'm your host, Drew Williams, and let's keep finding the beauty of this place that we call home.